0: Like they were, you know, about to end it all. Like it was just a, a complete shit show in that change room. So yeah. luckily, all I had to do was throw his skates on and his helmet. And but if I had to get him like fully dressed, I think he would have just started crying from all the other kids. Anyway, oh, we don't have to go down this road because uh, I've had a day. Today has been a day, and uh, I probably have a good five hours of work. Like I'm, it's going to be a rough night. Um, I have, uh, I I have a shit ton to do and I got to get up at five o'clock to go work out. So like this, this is going to be a photo finish
1: if I sleep. Um, so anyways, man, I, you know, I, for today I was thinking, yeah, to talk about people economy, I was thinking that, that, I think that was an interesting topic. We could do project update. We could do, um, and another thing I was thinking about was like people pleasers um i don't know yeah oh that's as, a, as another topic i don't know i have three those are the three things i was thinking about
0: i i like the people economy one um okay yeah let's do that one
1: okay um sweet okay so i guess the the reason why this popped in my head was um i started using this app called uh JobSpotter. I don't know if you've heard of JobSpotter.
0: Yeah, Well, just from your message uh, this afternoon, I looked it up after you, you sent it uh, tonight.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Job Spotter is like, I think they are owned by Indeed.com. But you basically walk around, you take pictures of like, you know, help wanted signs, take a picture of the storefront, send it in, and sometimes immediately they'll send you back like, here's like $1 you made $2 or I don't know, 50 cents or something and they do it via like Amazon gift cards. Interesting. Is, okay. Yeah. Which is, which is pretty smart, but also kind of like, I feel like Amazon gift cards is like the um, payment payment methods of the world. Like I, I feel like there's probably a whole bunch of like black market stuff that's being paid through via like Amazon gift cards. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah but it, it's pretty cool and it's kind of fun it's it feels like it's pokemon uh go with like purpose because you walk around and I, I you pass by these signs all the time you never really pay attention to this and you know now i'm like oh okay i made 35 bucks or something so far but my co-worker he's made like 500 bucks um he takes this a little bit more seriously but he has like routes he he goes like you know every week to check on um but yeah, man, it's it's obviously super easy to do and it's, it feels like free money. Um, but yeah, and then, and then obviously, you know, when I was in um, Seattle, I was hearing about like uh, you, you see like, the, you know, those scooters, uh, scooters haven't become a thing in Toronto yet. But in like Seattle SF, obviously you see these like everywhere, like just these uh, line scooters or bird scooters and they're electric scooters. But um, there's a whole other economy of people at nighttime who take these, bring it home, charge them, put them back on the street. So people have to find these. You get, I think, the harder to find ones, the ones that haven't been charged for a longer period, pay out better as well. So it honestly feels, it's like a, like a scavenger hunt where you take home, charge it, and uh, you find these, take it home, charge it, and you get paid off these. Um but it's just interesting because then you you, you know you, there's obviously the Ubers of the world, the Lyfts of the world, the Airbnbs and stuff. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure where I was going to go with this, but uh, I, I just thought it'd be cool to just chat about it with you.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's timely because I was just in Raleigh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and they have uh, they just got bird not too long ago. So mm-hmm. it was a really interesting. Sorry, um, you you,
1: you, uh, you cut out there. What'd you say?
0: Oh, sorry. So I just got back from Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Rally, all my people that I met there. Stay safe with this hurricane coming. Um, mm. But uh,
1: uh, did, was it? Did you feel any of that when you're there?
0: No, no, no. It's really coming right now. It's tonight and tomorrow. It's coming. But oh, yeah. uh, it really mm. threw a wrench in our whole. We had like a whole event on Monday, and we had a bunch of meetings booked, and you know, people were preparing and getting like all the water was sold out of all the stores. Like it was pretty. Um, like oh. they're they're getting ready for a big one. So it mm. put put a damper on the trip but um we still learned a lot and kind of accomplished our our goals for going so we uh it's it was overall a it was a net positive but it was just a bit of a bummer because we could have spent more time there but uh, they just got those bird scooters not too long ago so <laughs> getting to um believe it or not i was there for th- what, two two and a half three days i saw hundreds of them I didn't actually end up riding one because everywhere I needed to go was really really close and the one time I tried to um uh I had to upload my driver's license.
1: Yeah, yeah, you got to make an account and stuff. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I forgot it at the at the Airbnb and I just whatever didn't bother, but the funny thing was my my partner uh, Yusuf, was there and he was there for a week before me and he was using them all the time and he just loved them. He was uh he was doing like visits to all these retailers and really just selling hubba door to door basically. So he was just <laughs> cruising along and he was telling me about this charging model. And that night we had a late dinner reservation and we were walking to dinner and this guy was loading up this, uh, what do you call it? Like kind of like a moving truck, not, not like a 16 footer, but a, yeah, a 10 a yeah. footer. And he's loading these up with yeah. birds. And we didn't talk to him because, uh, I don't know. There's some sketchy people. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, he wasn't wearing a bird shirt. He clearly looked like uh, just like a normal person. And Yusuf was like, I'll bet you that guy is just charging those at home. Like that's probably what he's doing. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so anyway, that was really interesting. And then I, I've, I've also been really thinking about this a lot because I, I use Mechanical Turk every almost every day. Yes. Oh, um, really? Oh, yeah. And I've been using it ever since my days at um, – at top, I've, I've been one of the, probably one of the, a very very reliable Mechanical Turk, uh, user, and every time I do it, it just blows my mind. Like I still don't really believe. I feel like there is a sentient AI doing my tasks, like in life 3.0. Well, what kind um, of tasks
1: do you get? Do you get to do?
0: Man, I'm, I'm. We're getting pretty creative. I can get it to do a lot of things. So, what I'm really good at now is batching. Sorry, okay, take a step back. Uh, Mechanical Turk is probably one of the least known Amazon products. It's a a system that lets you post very specific jobs. So there's a whole categorization. You can't post any job, um, but you can post a pretty wide range of simple tasks. So the one I use is uh, at Hubba, we have a, a very high bar for who we want to spend money on from, like, if I'm sending you a sample or if I'm going to call you and really, like, put you on my list of, okay, I'm going to sell you Hubba. So a good example mm-hmm. is, you know, take the New York-Manhattan region. It's probably 600 independent health or convenience or drug stores. But really, there's only 50 that I really want to send $300 sample boxes to. Um right. So what I'll do is I'll get my co-ops to uh, kind of go through Yelp and go through Google and find a bunch of Yelp URLs. Mm -hmm. And then I pass those URLs to Mechanical Turk and uh, they do two things for me. The first one is just get me address and, and phone number stuff that Yelp now blocks with like, you can't build scrapers anymore for Yelp. They, they block um, they block robot traffic. So you have to. Uh, it's it's just easier to pay someone ten cents to go and get the address. So they literally just open up Mechanical Turk. This job pops up, says Kent is going to pay you ten cents to click on this link and copy the address from this page to this form. And then they do it, and then they go next, and they get ten cents.
1: Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, how many links are you talking about here?
0: Oh, five, six hundred a week.
1: So is it more? Is it more work to even? Set up this job than it is no. to
0: no, no, it's really? so easy. we have like a chrome plugin and no it's it's really uh I mean it's pretty streamlined like this is like we do this a lot, so I've built a whole workflow around it, but the oh, cool. really exciting thing with Turk though now that i've I've kind of unlocked this potential is I'm trying to okay so the the neat thing with Turk is you can get it mm-hmm. to you can say okay, I want uh sorry let me take one step back one of the most underappreciated aspects of this ai machine learning world is that an ai is only as good as the training data that you feed it so google for example you can upload a picture and it'll tell you there's a cup there's a cat there's a this there's a mm-hmm. that
1: mm-hmm. they use what's the cat what's this cup feeling how's this what's cat what, what emotion is this cup yeah yeah I'm exactly right yeah, yeah yeah and
0: they use turk and services like it too now Google has its like probably its own process for this, but you could easily train um, so image classification is the most popular uh it's called a hit on mm-hmm. Mechanical Turk so you upload a whole bunch of URLs of images and then you mm-hmm. say uh, what's in this image and then people just say what's in it and then you feed that data into your into your uh, mental or your, your neural network and then you can build an image classifier. So mm-hmm. that got me thinking now, okay, but then you need to build in redundancy. Cause what if you, you send that to 500 idiots and, or 500 spammers, cause there's a lot of spammers on, on hit as well on Turk as well. So what mm-hmm. if they all say that you give them a picture of a taxi cab in New York and they all say it's the Eiffel tower. Um, now your data is all fucked. So, For those tasks, you can do redundancy. So you can say, I want seven independent people to do this one task. And then it handles making sure that seven people do the one task, right? Yeah. Okay, all that's set up to say that I'm now trying to use Turk to say, okay, almost like Bitcoin, I'm trying to use like a blockchain metaphor where it's like, what if I ask a more complicated question that Turk is normally not good at? So now I've started testing it saying, I give it a product, like um, one of the products that we sell at Hubba is called Paleo Prime. It's this cookie, it's a paleo cookie.
1: Mm.
0: So I give them a picture of a product and a picture of, of a store. And I say, do you think this store would sell this product? That's a really high level question to ask someone who has no context of what's the store and what's the product, right? It's just, they're just looking at pictures and saying, Oh yeah, yeah, maybe I I can see that. Like, whereas like if you, so if you put it in like a health store, the packaging looks really nice and people would say, yes, you put it in like a convenience store, people would say no. So what I've started doing is I'm like, okay, but I want 20 independent hits on this. And then I have a piece of software now Mm -hmm. that I feed the results of Turk into, and I only keep the results where there's over 12 confirmations of, of like so I only process hmm. it if twelve people said yes. So it's kind of like Bitcoin, right. where you only process a transaction if twelve people confirm the transaction. So it's really cool because now and it's working. Like that kind of works. Um, so I, we're now pushing ourselves to be like, what else can we do with this thing? Like, can we start building these really complicated um, human level? So systems that we normally wouldn't be able to
1: do so now that it answers this though you take this you feed it so now you're like okay this is a store that might reliably want or need to carry uh, paleo prime cookies and then Correct. i'm going to call them
0: yeah it just sort of it gives us a signal to say is this really our target market because one of the biggest problems we have is uh, stores look like they Um, might buy our stuff, but then when you actually go in there, you realize quickly like, oh, this is kind of like a dingy convenience store that basically just buys 90% of what they sell is cigarettes. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's hard to tell that sometimes just from like a Yelp listing. But when you look at their pictures, you can start to get a better sense of, oh, they've got like um, Kind Bars and uh, Quest Bars and other kinds of higher end protein bars that might lend itself to a two dollar paleo cookie. Whereas if mm-hmm. all you're seeing is like Snickers bars, Twix bars, cigarettes, alcohol, mm, they're probably not gonna buy a two dollar cookie, you know?
1: So how much how much time do you think you, you save from using um Turk for this versus like getting one of your co ops to do it?
0: Oh it's it's not you I I couldn't get my co ops to do it. There's too many. Oh just too many. Yeah, like I can put 500 of these through Turk in two, eh, an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. And it's and it's all redundant. So it's kind of using the stupidity of the network. Like they don't know what this cookie is. They don't know anything about anything. Um, but you start to see signal because there's enough people – it's like crowdsourcing information. It's kind of the the, Mm -hmm. the way to think about it, but it's expensive as hell. (laughs) So, I mean, like that starts to add up. So, I mean, if we're doing that, uh, that might cost, you know, um, so that would cost, let's say,
1: Oh, 400 bucks. But could you, but even still 400 bucks, if you think of it in terms of like people time, that might not be the worst. Like if you think about how long it would take a co-op to do that, you process 500 stores. In that amount of time? Oh no, no, it's still it's cost effective, but like there's
0: eighty eight thousand yeah. retail stores in um in in America, so uh,
1: so like the would you? What at, at what point would you kind of bring this in house in a way and kind of just do it? I don't know if we would. You know. have this data set now of like a whole bunch of stores that can take this cookie, and maybe yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, I don't know if you would. Your own kind of system where you have this cookie, have this representative samples of stores and maybe making guesses on whether they would take it or not take it. I don't know how reliable that would be. Um, but I imagine in these pictures, you're looking for some key attributes. That would be hard, I think, actually, now that I'm talking about it. Yeah, it'd be hard to do I'm with not, like... With, a, yeah. a, a vision expert.
0: It'd be hard to do with like pure machine learning. But I mean, yes, you could you could train a model to start to to figure this out but that I think would be a little overkill um the <sighs> the uh the really interesting question though that and that was almost like a proof of concept for me like and truthfully mm-hmm. like we don't even really use that information yet but it was more like could i ask these questions of Turk and it's it's pretty clear that if you're willing to pay for the redundancy and then you're willing to invest in a bit of software that that stitches all the results together. Um, <clears> it's not. It, it's kind of cool. So there, there's a lot of, um, the, the, yeah. There's a lot of opportunities for for what you could do with this. Like, uh, yeah, you know. Um, oh, sorry. The other big thing that people use Turk for is like porn detection. So you can. I think Snapchat used it for a while where. You just feed it, and it has an API, so you can just be feeding it information, and then essentially you can say, "Okay, is there a penis in this picture," and and people will be like, "Yeah, that's a dick," and then you know maybe it doesn't show up in your newsfeed or your uh, or in your YouTube featured videos.
1: <laughs> I remember when uh, Google Images used to. Kind of crowdsour- I don't know if they still do this actually, they probably don't anymore. But they used to kind of crowdsource a lot of these images to um, help tag and identify pictures, right? So, I, I, I they used to show like a picture of like let's say an, an apple or a scene, and they get two people that went on to this. So, you can just go, I forgot what the URL is you go to this URL, like probably google.com photos or something, I don't know, you go to this URL. You, guys, you and you connect with someone else, you guys both see a picture of, like, an apple or something, and you guys have to basically tag as many keywords as you think, and I think once you hit, like, five or something uh, matches, then it switches to another image.
0: Oh, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. It was like a game.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like a game, but essentially, you know, they got used human capital to help, like, kind of tag, like just random images so they can they can build this into kind of their algorithms of um classifying images and probably into their kind of computer vision algorithms um i thought that was really interesting at the time. i was like wow this seems so like primitive it's kind of like even you think about them taking a car and driving around like google maps driving around and just like you know m- manually mapping out the world and it seems like such a like a Like an arduous kind of labor intensive task. But after you have that base of information, all that stuff, you can, there's open so much potential of what you can do with it.
0: Oh, one second, I lost you for a second there. Um, Well, yeah. And I think the, the, it, it, I mean, it's kind of a, I just don't know how. Like for Google, it makes a lot of sense because so much of their world just relies on of all that information. Even at Hubba, like you're right. I think a lot of times you really have to ask yourself is, um, you know, could could a co-op do this or is there an easier way to to kind of do it? But what, what I like about, um, you know, something like a Mechanical Turk is that the alternative would normally be like, oh, I'm going to write a piece of software to do this and turk is kind of that good check on no it's this is a task that's just much easier for a human to do and you're going to spend so much time trying to write software for this um like why what why bother like just um just just run this through mechanical turk that's the part of it that i really I really like. There's like a, a a class of problems that just lends itself to this kind of work.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um, and I wonder at like if Mechanical Turk or even just human capital in general is just good at a certain scale, or because like, I think what's interesting about like even the way you approach me- Mechanical Turk, like the strategy is really like a brute force kind of like approach. It's like let's just take a whole bunch of stuff, throw it to a whole bunch of like cheap labor, and let's just see what results they give me on a very obviously very specific and um discrete tasks but um another approach would just be to do it in a more strategic way right like if you were to um i don't know you you see a whole bunch your your main problem is you want to find out which stores um will carry this product and you're doing it based off of like images and kind of a bit of subjectivity. Like, yeah, this looks like a place that would carry it. And you have obviously a certain heuristic that counts as a match. But when, I don't know, another approach might be like, yeah, okay, so this cookie is really popular. It seems in these kind of cities. So we're just going to target these kind of places in these more kind of um, uh, wealthy areas. And your list of like, 20,000 stores gets suddenly whittled down to like 200 or something. Right. Maybe not 200, but maybe more. But it, like, I, I don't know what, what's better. I, I'm sure they both kind of achieved the same kind of result, but um, yeah. But, but even you look at the bird stuff and um, even job spotter to a certain extent, I wonder if there is a different approach or is getting people to do it really the optimal way.
0: I think in the early days, it it is. It, it's it's um. So like another uh, another example. Um, I'm trying to think of one that. Um, I probably shouldn't talk about. There's one I was going to talk about, and I'm like, ah, I probably shouldn't talk about it. Um. Hmm. I think that. Okay. Let me let me take a different tact because I I think. With the with these startups, though, this is something that I'm curious what you, what you what your take is on. So, Bird or I mean, even Uber. I think in your message when we were thinking about what to talk about tonight, you you referenced Uber as probably the the most best the best example of just getting other people to do your stuff, right? Like
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Uber could have easily just been a taxi company hiring drivers all over the world and having a quality of driver and doing all this interviewing, and they just chose to crowdsource drivers. And there's no way they would have been able to do what they're doing if they hadn't have done that. But, and maybe this is like a dick move, and some people have accused me of of being making this like a dick move, but when I'm in an Uber, often I will ask the driver if they expect to keep driving with Uber for the next 10 years. And Mm -hmm. 90% of them are like, yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. And um, now again, we've had the whole self-driving car talk before, so maybe it's not 10 years away. But they don't realize that the only way Uber gets profitable is by self-driving these cars. Like, Mm -hmm. they don't understand that they are completely a necessary evil for Uber that would love to not have them if they could. Yeah. And... I wonder though if that's obviously it's kind of deliberate. Also, it's just maybe ignorance is bliss. Like it's so far into the future that you know they don't really care and they don't want to start talking about it now because then people might not drive for them. But isn't it kind of weird that a lot of these networks are? It's like the human capital is only there while they need it, and then if they could, if they can get rid of it, they would. Like even for me at Hubba, there there are people now because we've been putting so much work through Mechanical Turk that they contact me because you can contact the the owner and say they're like, hey, like you seem to be doing this a lot. Can, can I just can I come work for you? Like, can I just get a job where I'm doing these kind of things for you all the time? And
1: unfortunately, Ken, it's like I, I'm, I'm I'm Ken. I'm so sorry, man. My my I think my internet got all wonky in the last like uh 30 seconds.
0: Oh, that's okay. Um No, I was just saying that uh the uh do you think like do you think it's weird that people are do, do they knowingly know that they're being replaced? And um <laughs> I was saying that with mechanical Turk, I get people who message me after doing these these projects for Hubba who say can you just hire me? Like I'll I'll do this for you outside of Mechanical Turk. Like I yeah. would rather not like just you seem to have a lot of this kind of work. Can I just do this for you? And unfortunately it's like no, not really. Like I I don't want one person to do it. I want the network to do it. That's why I'm using this service. Yeah. Um and but at the same time, if I had a way of doing this with with software, I I would. I would absolutely automate this and not pay them to do it. So, mm-hmm. and going back to like the Life 3.0 conversation we had around AI and whatever, one day a lot of these tasks are easily going to be done by, by some kind of an AI or, or smart system, and mm-hmm. that this whole economy will also just disappear. So,
1: so, or, do you, so do you think like Uber's objective really is just to kind of gain market share, get into the household? Uh, by getting everyone to just uh, make this a very commonplace kind of thing and then swap out for self-driving cars.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I don't think that was their original plan, but, uh, or take bird, for example, Mm -hmm. maybe they tried to figure out how to do central charging and they just couldn't make it work. So some genius there said, wait a minute, what if we just get other people to charge? Wow. What a Mm -hmm. fantastic idea. But I'm sure that that's going to, it's going to start breaking down and they're probably going to need to do some kind of centralized charging or another company could come along, figure out centralized charging and destroy companies like bird who are doing it more ad hoc. And mm-hmm. so eventually, and again, I don't know much about their business, but my, my guess would be that um, you know, to use Tesla as an example, you know, say what you want about their problems. I mean, they, one of the biggest assets they have is they've invested in this supercharge network from New York to California now. So if they had have relied on like, yeah, hey, you can just charge at other guys' houses like Airbnb for your Tesla. That's a a total option that they could have, they could have, I'm sure they talked about that, but it just doesn't make sense when you, um, for, for all the
1: right reasons. And then, um but then I, even for, for for bird like it, but the cost of that is like and even for tesla it's like the infrastructure cost right you have to now own or rent these kind of land uh plots all around the world or not all around the world but like you know all around at least in the u.s or something for like bird for example and then you have to have some tech that needs to be sit there and be maintained and like um you know that that's expensive as well
0: yeah, but what if it's um? What if it becomes some kind of a competitive advantage down the line? To like, don't you think it leaves them exposed to have somebody come along and and figure it out? Or, or again, this might be a bad example. Centra- uh, decentralized charging might be the answer for this, um, but it. I, I just wonder if these are, if these are economies that are growing out of necessity or out of opportunity or out of lack of opportunity. Like we couldn't Mm. figure it out. So we let the network do it. You know, we, um, uh, I, I don't know if that makes sense. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. 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 No, for sure. I'm just trying to think like, is there almost like a class of these jobs that make sense for this kind of strategy versus ones that are really just opportunistic and they're waiting for the robot to come to kind of take it all over, you know, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Cause, Cause even something like, like even like Airbnb, right? Like it, Airbnb, you kind of need, it needs to be someone else's house in a way, right? Because well, people own property and property is really the capital that's being shared, right?
0: Yeah, I do. I don't know if I would put Airbnb in the same class as because i think like with 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 bird or well yeah i mean it's closer to uber like bird is interesting because they're providing the scooters so it's not your scooter that you're lending out to somebody else it's like they are seeding the world with infrastructure cheap cheap infrastructure like the the scooters Mm -hmm. are not very advanced and in fact one of the crazier things that we were looking up when we were there is How most of them are already hacked. So you actually don't have to pay to use them. There's apps that you can use to jailbreak them. And people go along just jailbreaking these things. And it's uh, it's so. uh, Can you imagine running this company and you're like, we just provided this amazing service. And then knowing that 50 to 60% of your scooters that you just dropped in this city a month ago are all jailbreaked and 35% of people are riding around on them for free? Like, it's such a weird. I don't know. I find that so fucked up that our natural instinct is to just cheat these amazing systems like pirating music or pirating movies. Like I just, we don't have to get into that conversation again, but I, um, yeah, I find it, it's, it's really sad to me that that's our, that we're not willing to, you know, to pay. But, um, anyway, I think, uh, yeah, uh, I think with, um, with airbnb and uber at least it's your property that you're that you're choosing to you know
1: uh make money yeah, but even when you when i'm charging these birds like it's eating my electricity unless i live in like a condo again i can you know or and, I, and all my say power or whatever is baked into my my maintenance fees or something and i'm charging them that's that's a kind of different story but You know, if if I take it to my home, like I'm, I'm, I am i got to pay for that electricity bill, right?
0: But I mean, I'm I'm sure people have done, like, it must be cash flow positive, right? People have done that math.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Um, again, like
0: maybe they haven't too. Like, you you know, you, you would think so. But imagine right now if you didn't understand and you're like, oh, we can make money mining Bitcoin. And then you start (laughs) setting up a Bitcoin rig and you start making Bitcoin. You're like, man, we're going to be rich. And then. You know, you just, someone tells you, ah, well, no, you're actually losing money every minute. Oh, oh shit. But then,
1: like, And then, and then it's also like, you know, when you talk about like the, if it's an opportunistic thing, you know, oh, let's just get, uh, allow people to kind of charge at other people's houses or something. And it's an opportunistic thing because you couldn't set up centralized charging, but it's also now it becomes this whole other system that you're having to kind of maintain as well. Right. Um, like even if it is just getting the word out to all these people, getting them to kind of charge, you have to figure out like a whole pricing plan for all these, or sorry, like a payment plan for all these people. There's probably like accounting for like surge surge times where electricity is more expensive and cheaper, um, incentivizing people to find them and charge them in such a way. Like you end up building this whole other team around it. In the effort of initially trying to save money, but maybe in the long run, you end up spending more money.
0: Mm, that's interesting. I don't know what your what your what your other options are, though. If you, um, I mean, I think that's just got to be what they're what they're working on when they create the idea. Like, I'm sure that, um, you know, it's no different than Uber having a growth team for customers and a growth team for drivers. Maybe bird yeah, has a growth, yeah, a growth team for yeah. chargers and a growth team for, um, for, for riders. They probably do. Yeah.
1: Um, but I guess when I, when you think of it that way, then I'm like, maybe it wasn't, it's not really just an opportunistic thing. Maybe it really is like, this is part of the plan. This is, we kind of need this to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's baked right into the, um, yeah, and who knows? I mean, maybe birds, you know, Tesla' like fifty year vision is that they're all going to run on solar power, and then there'll be no need to charge them. And yeah. Uh, yeah, they they couldn't do that now, so they have to do this weird kind of charging thing. But the goal is that in five years, you know, the solar power is good enough that in most cities in North America, like you know, they can run on solar mm. power, and um, y- you know, and then. All of a sudden, two years later, you know, Tesla or GM buys them for a gigantic sum. I don't know. Have they already been bought? I can't remember. Which one's Bird? Has Bird been bought by someone? Bird's
1: got... I didn't, I didn't even know that. Really? I think... I, I thought Bird...
0: Was it Lyft? Didn't someone
1: buy Bird? I'm look it up right now. Oh, no. Wow. It's about to hit two billion dollar valuation
0: that's crazy
1: in, in june wow
0: that oh no lime lime teamed up with uber and
1: oh lime, lime teamed up with uber that's okay. the
0: one yeah and it, then if you uh, ride
1: lime you don't have to use your uh your driver's license <laughs> actually you can just get on yeah I, I think so. I think yeah, you don't for signing up or creating an account. Yeah,
0: that's so weird. Uh, well, that's what's scary wow. too, because then like I I think the 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 funny thing about these other apps and these hidden economies is just the 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 effects that start happening whether you know it or not. Like you know, so the positive of Uber is drinking and driving goes way down. I don't think they really thought that was gonna. I mean, maybe they knew that might happen, but that was clearly not their mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but this great side effect was that it also has this amazing effect on society where drinking and driving is, is at an all-time low. I don't know if that's true, but I, I've heard that. <laughs> I don't know the stats. Um, but with, with, uh, with Bird, I feel like it's going to be the opposite. I mean, nobody was wearing a helmet. Um, people are beaming down... The streets not re- not realizing that they're a car they're not a bike they are they are they are a car some people are on the sidewalks which are not allowed to be yeah, yeah and yeah. i mean it's just like it is a just a shit show kind of waiting to happen or, or maybe it's not maybe it's like ah people are safer than you think and and there's well, less it's... idiots in the world and um it's not a big deal like yeah some people will eat shit every once in a while and and, uh, you know, scratch their elbows, but whatever. It's no different than being on a bike.
1: It's San Jose. I was like, my buddy had uh, an account. So he rented one of the scooters, the bird scooters, and I just rode on his back <laughs> and we were going down the, like a main, main road. And I was like, wow, this is probably not that safe. This is probably a bad idea. Um, but at the same time, when you sign up, they're like, Oh, you have to wear a helmet. It's part of their thing. But obviously who's going to carry a helmet around? When you know the and and the other thing too is like for the city, it kind of sucks in some ways because they're just scooters everywhere, it's like garbage. They're like in alleyways, on the corners of streets, um, in the middle of ditches. Like people just throw them around, right? And because there is no central place to dock them, people just put them anywhere. That's part of the nice thing about it because it's convenient because they're everywhere, but it just now becomes like the city littered with like. Scooter garbage.
0: Yeah, and I, re- I remember reading an article that in San Francisco – So recently there was a big controversy in San Francisco where they lost mm-hmm. their rights or something, right? Or they they're be- they're being regulated kind of like taxis in in New mm-hmm. York, where you have to get like permits and stuff, mm-hmm. something. I I can't remember, but they were saying that there's like these meetup and Facebook groups of these anti-scooter people who organize themselves at nighttime and they throw them into the river. Or into the ocean. They yeah. hang them from trees so people can't get them. They've just vandal like they break them. They smash the um, the chips on them so they won't activate. Like it's uh <laughs> you know, it's such a weird uh <laughs>
1: That sounds hilarious, but
0: I, <laughs> I, I can see. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um I, I don't know if this is like taking in a in a different Ah, uh, no, it's kind of taking a different direction because you, you, I, I won't go there, but you, you mentioned something in your in your message that I thought was kind of interesting about. I'm more interested in these information, uh, like how do you how do you harness human thought power? Mm-hmm. So you mentioned, um, you know, uh, like you know, there's thousands of homeless people in Toronto, and why couldn't you equip them with some kind of a task where they would be able to, you know, move around in their day, but collect, but earn, but earn value. Like, is there some yeah. task that they can do that adds value that is not onerous and that is not going to affect their, their life in a negative way, only like a net mm-hmm. positive. Um,
1: and but, yeah, yeah. Cause there's, there's so much money to be had. Like, Everywhere, if you think about it, like even just this, this idea of the human capital stuff and people, you know, doing Mechanical Turk. Obviously, not a ton of money there, but you know, Mechanical Turk. There's like stuff we talked about, Jawspotter, or if a homeless person were to, for example, find like birds scooters and find a place to charge them, somehow potentially he could, he or she could make a, a lot of money or make more money than they might be making right now. Um, but it's like, what are almost like the barriers? For for this person that make it hard like what what what's the table stakes for you to kind of qualify do you have to be almost of a certain standing to even you have to obviously have like a phone you have to have like a i guess a credit card or um, some way of redeeming maybe you know re- redeeming payment for these places um for these services and stuff i i, I wonder i don't know um but it feels like a, a missed opportunity here
0: yeah, because I think part of the um, – I remember for um, for our master's, uh, one of our thesis classes, we had to do uh, design tech for homeless people. We spent a whole mm-hmm. semester designing. Were you in that class? I can't remember.
1: Mm, maybe not.
0: No, it was one of the KMDI ones, and uh, it was super interesting. Like, we had to go out there, and we had to get 20 hours of interviews with homeless people and, um, like, design technology for them. hmm So – the two most popular ones were were like banks. So designing, um, how do you get how do you how do you get a person to bank when they don't have ID and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. And because and there's like some just I guess what I'm trying to say is there's some very fundamental payment problems that come up. Like they don't have bank accounts, they don't have credit cards, they don't have. Um, there's a lot of barriers to to solving that, but. Sorry, to, to getting that kind of uh, of a system going, but the uh, there's definitely there's there's got be something there's got to be something there. And I mean, an idea that I've always been playing around with that I feel like would work. I just don't know how or how to execute it is this idea. I think we I don't know if we've talked about um, I, I have this like love affair with this idea of scientific conscription that um instead of like mandatory military service everybody should be should have to do mandatory uh academic or like scientific service so mm. you know when you graduate you have to give you know a year or 6 months of your life to some human task that's we we deem being very important so like you got to go work on the global warming problem you got to put your brain on this problem Even though you're completely unqualified and have no idea what you're doing, you got to try to add a centimeter to the race of global warming or something. and Mm -hmm. Or like people in prison. There are a lot of people sitting in prison all day reading books or I don't know what people are doing in prison. But could we be giving them really hard problems to just try to solve? Like here is a very challenging um, social problem. Just think about it for years if you want to or organize groups where you can think and we'll pay you. We will we will um, have some kind of a, a way to compensate you for your time where you may as well be productive for society while you're kind of unable to contribute in a, in a physical way. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I just no, don't the, know. I, the, the-
1: yeah, that, that's, that's interesting. I do wonder if it is, that's hard to do because the problems themselves are inherently hard and not well-defined. And that's why stuff like Mechanical Turk work because it's very discreet and very specific. So, you know, if obviously the ideal of it is great. But if you wanted somebody to, um, you know, move a societal problem forward by a centimeter – it's an open problem it's an open question right and i feel that's very hard for people to kind of respond in that way unless they're maybe incentivized in a very meaningful fashion at least to them do you you know what i mean oh yeah
0: no and that's why every every time i've tried to think think about this a bit more it gets mm -hmm. very obviously there's like thousands of holes but the 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 kind of inspiration for this is that my favorite one of my favorite movie kind of scenes i feel like we have probably mentioned it a few times here already where paulo 13 the guy comes into the room he dumps a bunch of shit on a table and says we have to get this and it's like a round tube into this and it's like a square mm-hmm. and he's like can we have all of this you know and like we can only use these materials and i feel like there's gotta be discrete, very hard problems like that.
1: Yeah, there, yeah. Where but even even but even like that, I think that like as long as you have enough parameters on that problem, I feel you can get some interesting answers.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you could or like I love this story. I don't know if it's just like a folklore, but this um NASA scientist or something was explaining this really complicated satellite docking procedure to this group of like two or three a uh, grade two or threes mm-hmm. and he explained that this satellite was going to bump into this rock and like pick up this rock and and he kind of in passing made a joke like the you know the problem we're trying to solve though is in space there's this thing called conservation of momentum so when the satellite bumps into the rock the rock bumps itself a little further and there's nothing there's no air resistance so then the satellite has to move a little closer and then it bumps in and like they just keep they can't actually grab a hold of this thing. And Mm -hmm. one of the kids is like, well, why don't you just put a piece of Velcro on it? And they were like, holy shit, we could just put a piece of Velcro on it. And that's what they did. I'm pretty sure this is a real story. I'm going to fact check this, but it's like, yeah, why don't you just put a fucking piece of Velcro on it? Like, why didn't we think of that? And there's gotta be hundreds of thousands of those kinds of Eureka moments where they're not scientists. They're not, PhDs, but can you just tap into this collective problem solving apparatus of humanity and like, you know, um, but again, I think the, the harder part is defining the problems in a way with closed parameters that would probably be so much effort that it might not be worth the squeeze, you know, like, yeah trying to reduce global warming to a series of discrete problems with inputs and outputs would probably mm-hmm. be, maybe it's like NP hard. Maybe you just can't do that. I don't know.
1: It's a, a side kind of side, uh, sidebar here, but uh, it's interesting. Cause like, you know, when uh, we've been doing a bunch of interviewing and uh, Aaron, who's like our art director at Sego, he, he was talking about creativity and um, how, as a kid, you have this abundance of creativity, uh, partly because you're just not, you don't have the world and all these other things that say no, like, Oh, you doors don't open this way. Cars only move this, this way or that way. So a young child, they don't have a lot of those, um, extra parameters and boundaries and limitations. So you ask a, a kid, for example, like how do you use a paperclip? They'll give you like hundreds of different ways you might use a paperclip. Whereas you give it to an adult, um, they're like, you clip paper with it. That's all it does. That's what you do with the paper clip. Right. And, but it's, it's interesting, right? Because like, you know, it's almost like as you become an expert in a space or in a thing, you almost see less answers to a problem.
0: Absolutely. Like um, the one time my dad and I were driving home from the cottage and I just said, like, hey, just for fun, I, I wanted to like field test this idea. I was like, hey, just for fun, like, let's try to like invent a new form of power. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, what? I'm like, like, let's just like think about like, how would, if we had to like generate power, we couldn't use the sun, we couldn't use gas, we couldn't use coal. Like, well, how would we do it? Like, and, you know, it's a six hour drive. So this, like, I'm like, this will kill like a nice hour. And, um, And, like, we actually came up with an answer. So, like, our idea was what if the road was made out of tiny little springs and then every time Hmm. cars drove over the road, it would create, like, a little bit of kinetic energy by the springs being pushed down. And uh, maybe that could, like, turn a turbine that could boil some water that could, you know. um, Hmm. And, again, I have no idea. That's probably wrong on – a thousand Mm -hmm. levels like there's probably no way that that would work um but like maybe if you get maybe if there was a a group of people providing hundreds of those kind of ideas and then a scientist who knows what the hell they're talking about could just sit there and be like crap 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 yeah swipe right swipe left
1: yeah 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 like
0: interesting okay yeah i mean maybe. Nah, no crap crap, you know, um, like there, there could be, I I don't don't know. I feel like there's gotta be, uh, so of course me, I bought a domain. (laughs) This was like 10 years ago when I got this idea and I keep renewing it every year, hoping that I end up doing something. So it's called swarm solve is my, um, my, my initial name for, for this idea of
1: do you, you still
0: own it? I think I still own it. I'm pretty pretty sure I do. Um every time it comes up for renewal, I I definitely I I w- I hope I own it cuz I uh I yeah. think I think I do. <laughs> but um But again, like uh so sorry for that for that tangent, but there's there's people there's definitely like that. in probably in Canada too, but I Amer- they, everyone seems to kind of pick on America. It's like you've got all these people who are unemployed and But they do have phones and they do have internet connections and they do have, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's like, you know, I think of, um, you know, uh, Netflix, for example, has an army of people who all they do is watch movies and tag them at certain points. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like this actor came into the screen, Brad Pitt entered at, you know, seven minutes and 30 seconds or whatever, or... Mm -hmm you know, what you told me about the sports industry where you've got, you know, okay, this person is going to watch LeBron James and count how many steps he takes or to count how many yeah. shots yeah. he he throws. Like, so there's like these very, these tasks that you could program a machine to do, but um, you know, how do you, how do you leverage that entire, and really, if you look at Uber's advertising and I'm sure Bird's advertising, they're targeting that group like don't have a job great you have one now like do you have a car you got a job kind of thing and Mm -hmm. there's there's got to be another whole class of of jobs that um people like that can do without having to drive because a lot of people just don't want to want to drive around their car um i think mechanical turk is a great example but even that like there's been articles i remember looking up you know, if you're doing Mechanical Turk, uh, you know, as your full-time job, you're only making between $14 and $20 an hour. So that's pretty good. I mean, as far as minimum wage is concerned, but it's not like, it's not really a career. You're not going to, you know, it's not like some executive assistants who can work from home remotely, but they're making $40, 50 $60 an hour. That's a very, that's kind of how they pitch it, but that's not the reality. Um, yeah. And even Uber, like I, I, I love talking to, to drivers about this. Cause I'm just curious. And a lot of them just don't seem to really be making money or being really, I mean, I don't ask them that directly, but they're not um, like, I, I just don't think it's a sustainable model. I think that, I don't know. It's like they everyone kind of knows, but isn't saying that eventually, it's the but, bottom's going to fall out of this, and it's just going to be. I, I but don't know. I guess I, I guess a lot of
1: people do this for the flexibility, right? Like I imagine, I, I'm curious to see what the the spread of people who are employed and who are still doing Uber and Lyft and Bird charging and doing all these yeah, different things.
0: It, it's, it's probably it's probably the majority.
1: You think it's, so? People who have jobs already and they're just kind yeah, of doing this on yeah, the side. Yeah, they're just
0: looking for a little bit of extra. Um, income or they have a, a, a job like a they're a real estate agent or no that's a bad example they're a, they uh, th- they have a job with the flexibility to be doing side jobs and pickup jobs wherever they where, like w- whenever they want to or something like that um mm-hmm. but but here's a question like why the hell maybe this is a better way to start it why the hell are you walking around with this stupid job app at all like why do you even waste? A minute of your time um, earning like 10, 15 bucks. Like, that honestly seems like one of the worst ways for you to be spending your time.
1: Yeah. Very good point. Um, so, but, but like, clearly
0: something captivated you about this one. Like, you're not going to go after we do this podcast and go do a bunch of mechanical Turk tasks. So No,
1: and I'm not gonna go out and just drive to drive- a whole bunch of strip malls and look for job like help wanted signs and take pictures of them. Um, but I guess for me it's like I'm walking these paths anyway and I don't I never really noticed that they these you know storefronts even had help wanted signs or there were so many of these in the city. But you start walking around, I'm like, Well I'm passing these anyway, I'll take a picture and it honestly takes like a couple of minutes, not even, and then I'm kinda of done. So, yeah, I guess it's no sweat off my back. And I'm like, I'm I'm making essentially free money, I guess, in, in my in my head. That's what it feels like because so I'm I mean, not going out of my way to do it.
0: Okay, no, and, I, and I'm just breaking your balls. Like, actually, yeah, what, yeah, what's, yeah. The, what's the name of it again?
1: Uh, Job Spotter.
0: Okay, because I actually, the Tim Hortons I go to just put up a help wanted sign yesterday. So I will download it if I remember tomorrow, which I probably won't because I'm not going to sleep tonight and then I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll take a picture of it. But so here's an interesting I could totally see this being a um an entire app that Hubba would probably buy and or use and or build one day. So we would love to know what every store is selling. So I want to know what products um Noah's health food store at King and Spadina Mm -hmm, is selling. mm -hmm, So -hmm. I can imagine that we would have an app where you would go in and you would check in that you're in Noah's. So we'd use some kind of a API to just validate that you are actually physically there. And then like, if you take pictures of their inventory um, or scan their barcodes or something, we would pay you for that information. And we'd probably pay you pretty well for that information. But, I think that Noah's would eventually kick you out of the store or something. Like it's it's a very intrusive kind of a, an activity. Um, well,
1: or, or I would just even flip that and say like uh, I'm looking for this Paleo Prime bar. Just take a picture of a store, take a picture of it in the store and take a picture of the store that carries it. But you offer a high enough bounty where it makes sense for people to go out of the way and kind of scavenger this.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So you would say like, um, so let's say we knew a proxy product, which is kind of what we're doing with this Turk imaging. So if you sell this other, um, not Quest Bars, but there's another kind of Quest Bar or another kind of uh, protein bar called like a One Bar. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's like, it shows that you've just done a little bit more homework. So Quest Mm -hmm. Bar is so popular now. It's just like having you know, water in your store, but mm-hmm. if you got the one bar, it means like you either have a distributor or a broker who is a little more savvy or you mm-hmm. just kind of know that this is a different, more high end. Cause it's like 50 cents more than a quest bar. So yeah, yeah we could say, go take a picture of every store in Toronto that sells one bars. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Take and a picture the, of it on the shelf. Take a picture yeah. of it at the store. yeah, We choose just like Jaws You have GPS location. We we know that you're at the same place. And it's uh, actually a
0: really good idea. We should maybe do this.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we yeah.
0: we would we would use this. Like Hubba would use this. We could sell it to uh, Ben if you're listening. Uh, Nick and I are going to spin this off and then sell it to you. So get ready to <laughs> get ready to buy. Pony up. Um, yeah no um, so I mean that that's actually a great idea and we would we would use that and that's not something you could do with Turk so um,
1: the, the, I think the only tricky part and I think this is interesting even with JavaSpotter, is like how so when you take a picture and you locate a job you get um, points so points then translate to dollars I don't know what the conversion rate is but some places give you more points than others and I wonder I, I imagine part of that algorithm is based off like the saturation of how many other people have taken this picture? So if if, if it's been reported like a hundred times, you're not going to get that much for it. Right. Whereas if you find yeah. a rare one, you probably get paid out more. But you would then have to figure out a bit of that kind of payment plan or uh, payment, um, uh, yeah, schedule or whatever.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, an- another um, another interesting model on this is. So I'm surprised LinkedIn has never done this before. Um, So one of my earlier startups that I uh, was involved in, we tried to do this and very unsuccessfully. Um, But we had this uh, product or we had this company that we created called uh, Prospect Linker. And Mm. it was kind of a a take on LinkedIn. But the idea was that why – okay, so the idea was actually no, sorry, this was Viewpointer not Prospect Linker. So the idea was like if I have a question, if I ask a question to to, to my network, so so Jelly was the clo- so there's an app called Jelly, which you can get. I think it's still out there. It's created by Biz Stone, one of the one of the Twitter co founders, that does this the closest if you kinda want to see what a very similar idea to what we were thinking of was, which is like you take a picture of something or you you ask jelly a question and then the network gives you an answer so it's it's not like quora where it's a q and a site more like yahoo answers this is like a social network where you full of people who like answering questions so you know you would take a picture of a plant or take a picture of a bug or take a picture of of a, a piece of graffiti it's a, kind of picture based And then you just ask your network, like, what artist made this? And then as people are sitting there, they just scroll through and they're like, oh, I know who made that. And then they're like, you know, Banksy or something, right? But there's no points. There's no reward. It's all just kind of an altruistic network of asking and answering. Mm -hmm. So ours was um, you had to answer three questions before you could ask a question. So that was kind of how we tried to seed our network with answers instead of um, just all questions. So you had to give back before you could ask, and our ultimate idea was to do something like, um, "I'm trying to get in contact with Nick Shim. Um, hmm. Surely through the network of networks of networks of networks of this of my friends, someone knows Nick Shim, and 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 I'm willing to pay five hundred dollars to to get in contact with Nick Shim. So almost this hmm. bounty system for." getting into contact with people. And I'm sure that probably exists out there, but there's a, um, Mm. there's like a, it it just kind of reminded me of there's a way to, um, like, how do you incentivize or how do you put enough of a bounty on something? Like, I feel like the reason why this job seeker thing was called job seeker. Uh, job spotter, job spotter. Um, I feel like where they're getting you is in this point system because they could just devalue their current, like they're, they have a currency and, oh, for sure. Yeah. and they could just devalue your currency without you knowing. So all of a sudden it's just going to become a non currency and then your, your points will be worthless. And I mean, I'm being p- pessimistic, but, um, that would be a good reason why you might not want to like build build a career off of this like maybe if you're just walking you know but yeah you whereas like with uber it's like no it's pretty clear like we pay you and and here's our algorithm and here's how we pay you and we'll tell you when we change it and all that stuff so you can kind of like structure your life around you kind of know what you're going to take home every week depending on how many hours you work
1: um yeah but but in some ways it's like it's it's not necessarily doing it for the money it's, it's probably doing it a lot for the interest and fun of it all right um, and I feel like Pokemon Go was like the proof that if incentivized correctly people will walk and go anywhere and search high and low for things um, so if you incentivize it correctly I think people would more than you know they'd, they'd happily go and pick up uh, like a a picture of a, a bar in a store, even if they're not getting a ton of money for it. A part of it is like the thrill and even finding it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you could even expand this out to just lead gen in general. Like you could just say, um, you know, could you, a lead gen is one of the, the hardest things for businesses to do. So could you just um distribute that amongst everybody and say, you know, here's the kinds of businesses we're looking to to do business with. If you introduce them to us, we will give you money. You know, just very standard kind of referral, lead gen. Um, and the question is, like, could you do that in an opt-in way where people would actually give you their information or give you their, their friend's information, if you're like your friend. So if I said, mm-hmm. like, I will pay $25 a lead for any retail store in North America that sells quest bars. And then I would get flooded. I am assuming with addresses of, of stores that sell quest bars.
1: Yeah. Um, and,
0: Hmm, that's interesting.
1: And then, you know, you, you'd have to like, you, you, what the one problem you might run into is you might get a thousand people who are reporting the same store and you're like, ah, crap. But that's yeah, but, kind of maybe, but
0: maybe the first person to report it gets, you know, $25 and then the second person to report it gets, you know, $23 or I, I don't yeah. know, like there could be a way that you could and, model and, out.
1: And, and, yeah, in some ways you want multiple people to report because this is kind of like how you're doing Turk to validate like this guy's not lying or, you know, um, so you yeah, have like the crowd that's checking. Yeah,
0: like he was asleep or he, made, he just made the wrong decision. Like, yeah, it would be a way to to add some noise Mm. into the system. Mm. Oh, that's very interesting. Crowds crowdfunded lead gen. I mean, it's almost no different. Like, you know, what's funny. One one of the things that nobody used to believe me when I was a kid is that I would get paid to eat chocolate bars and by by a consumer (laughs) testing company. So my mom, I don't know how she found out about it, but she just like signed us up as kids for this place called consumers testing And it's over in Mississauga. It's on like Dundas and Mississauga Road. Uh, It's right in Mississauga. And like every once in a while, they just call call up my mom and be like, hey, you know, um, Kellogg's is testing a new cereal. And, uh, you know, can Kent and Heather come down to, you know, uh, book an appointment to come down and see us? So we would go to this place. They'd give us a bowl of the cereal. We'd eat it. We'd fill out a questionnaire and we get 50 bucks. Like that's that simple. Yeah. Um, and that idea has always been interesting where I'm the kind of weirdo that kind of likes commercials because I think I'm in the industry of marketing and advertising. And I am like more than happy to listen to a good commercial or I'm like, I want to be told what to buy if it's a good product. And I I want to know if it's a good product. And I want you to tell me that like, why, why should I want this? So I always wondered, like, could you just opt, well, would people opt in to watch commercials and, and would they opt into what advertising? So I feel like there's a subclass of people who are more than happy to watch commercials or, you know, get exposed to advertising. So what if you could just target those people and then let them, um, kind of tell their friends about. What to so? I mean, you could you could argue this is kind of like what influencer marketing is on on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's that's almost too deliberate. There'd be something more organic about this, where you know um, you would just almost like a gigantic affiliate network where you would have an easy way of referring people to things and getting paid for that those referrals. Yeah, and I guess
1: that stuff has been around, right? Like you talk about, like I don't know, like Tupperware salesman or knife salesman, or you know, um, all that stuff. Like you, you could, like you get people to buy stuff, and you get you get a cut of that, and you pay that up. You're I don't know if it's a, it's probably like a bit of a pyramid, but you know, so that stuff existed, right? And it existed for for years.
0: Yeah, it's like what's the digital equivalent of a pyramid scheme? How do we, how do we, uh, how do we cash in on this? uh, What's the digital equivalent of door to door knife, knife salesman?
1: Yeah. So it's like you would seed out like, um, here's, here's a keto bar that I want to sell. Uh, Give me, give me back like a hundred people. Give me their emails who are really serious prospective buyers of this. Yeah. And then if would, they would buy that, it, that I'll the, give you, I'll, yeah. yeah,
0: I'll give you, um, uh, upside. Like I'll, uh, yeah. And I mean, I, I think as long as you get, like, you're right. As long as you get the incentives, right. There's no reason why these things shouldn't work, but then you just get the problem of who's going to make the app that curates all these things. Cause there's going to be so many of these programs out there. Like, you know there'll be there'll be job spotter there'll be this there'll be that there'll be the thing we just talked about so you almost hmm. need like a meta app to organize all of these gig economy jobs and then you can decide like which one is it's like those websites that aggregate credit card uh, promos and stuff like that like you'd have a whole yeah, other economy yeah, yeah. of just like you should do. If you're in a city like this, you should do job spotter because no one's done it yet and you can make all this money. But um but if you live in like New York, you should do Hubba's program because Hubba is paying top dollar for product shots or something, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Um and No, uh, it's interesting. And yeah, like I, I, I do wonder if and I was thinking about this actually um not specifically for the Legion stuff, but you know, if you had a mechanical turk equivalent, but for another very kind of discrete kind of task, like if it is going to places and taking pictures of things and the, the, the whole service is built around that and it's around, you know, whoever wants to white label this or use this service, we just have a abundance of architecture setup and audience who are willing to do this. And you just farm that out to whoever, whoever wants to do it. And we kind of tailor it for that experience.
0: That's interesting. Almost like a physical version of Mechanical Turk.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. you
0: could do, you could do real world tasks.
1: Yeah, um, but but maybe. But I do wonder if those tasks need to be specific or not. So, well, isn't, that it, like,
0: isn't that like Task Rabbit actually?
1: Yeah, but I think Task Rabbit uh, aren't they? It's like pretty generic, though, right? Like they try to do everything.
0: I think they've now categorized them into like. 'Cause um, I was looking at using one in New York for Hubba and mm. you can really only I think you can do a custom task rabbit, but the way the network is set up now, so many of them will only do the six main ones that they've kind of just doubled down on the six main things like shopping, mm. assembling IKEA furniture, waiting in line, <laughs> um you know, that like if you said like, all right, I need you to go to this place and I need you to do this, this and this You might, but theirs is interesting because it's a it's an auction. So, or it's like it's like a job board. So your job goes out into the board, and people could Mm -hmm. choose not to, not to do it. Like, uh, and that's actually the it's important to say that Turk is the same way. So if you you can put any job you want into Turk, and you could pay any price you want. But they've created an entirely open market. So if there were five hubs out there, and we were charging uh, thirty cents a lead, and the other company was charging ten cents a lead. Then we're going to get all those hits, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty neat. Like they've created a very free market in there, and you get to know really quickly. Like if I set my 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 hit price to a dollar fifty, I can get it done in ten minutes because there's thousands of people clamoring to do my job for a dollar fifty. Whereas right. if I set it to twenty cents, it might take me nine hours to get that finished, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but again, that's great. You're paying for expediency. That's like the ultimate capitalistic efficiency. So you should pay a premium for for, for speed.
1: Um
0: Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we got another
1: idea here, Bruin. Well, I and I feel like it must be done. Like I feel someone's listening out there. Like, come on, guys! There's this one thing that does this already, and you guys are just circling around the same stupid idea. But uh, listen, Davin, um, if that's what you're thinking, all right. <laughs> Listener number five. Listener number five. Number five. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's it's interesting, I, and I, I do wonder if it needs. I think it does need to be very specific, and I wonder where this falls apart. But I do, you know, even for the taking the picture thing. Even if you had a website that uh, a service that you were kind of farming out and white labeling, there is a ton of work in the back end to even sort out like, here's how we would structure kind of payment. And you have like algorithm an algorithm defined to figure out like, okay, first person pay $25 or whatever you deem is this bounty is worth. And it's a degrading scale. And once you get to 10, this task or this photo is going to be worth one cent or two cent. And right. They have all the GPS stuff. They probably have some stuff for image verification. They have all these kind of structures and infrastructure in place that you can then just repackage. Um, yeah. I don't know. Probably, probably someone someone's thought about this. Um, oh, for sure.
0: Uh, in fact, yeah. actually, I know of a, a friend of mine. Um, we used to work together at Top Hat for a while. He went off to create his own company and it's a really kind of a boring company, but it's a very, it's, it's actually right along the same lines where they have an app for, okay, so the idea is like, let's say you're a private garbage company, okay?
1: Hmm. Or you're
0: a, an electrician and you're like a frontline worker who works for this company. And you're out there on the streets and you know, it's actually maybe this is where I got the idea for the lead gen because it's very similar. So you kind of know who your target leads are because you work at this company. And as you're like just doing your normal day-to-day job, you notice that there's like an an overflowing garbage bin two doors down from the business that you're servicing. You can take a picture of that and and send it to Salesforce and like add a lead for your sales team to say like, hey, I think you should check this out. Um, Maybe these guys need some garbage servicing, right? Because the idea Mm -hmm. is like you kind of know your industry, you kind of know your leads, you're out there in the field anyway. So then they have a system where their frontline workers generate leads for them and then they get a bonus and they get like commissions and stuff if they actually end up closing those those Mm. leads. So they're trying to like, um, empower frontline workers to, you know, um, but then they get a lot of pushback because it, it goes a lot towards some companies, you know, give out referral bonuses. Like if you invite your friend to come work at Hubba, you know, you get X amount of money, just cash in your pocket. Yeah, And then a lot of people are like, no, that's actually a terrible incentive because, you sh- your your friend like Nick should be referring his friends anyway. Like, why are we paying mm-hmm. him? Like, yep. he he should be incentivized to win as a company. We don't need to pay him money to, um, you know, invite his friends. So it's like that whole other backlash. So, um, mm. yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. a very interesting. Um, but I, I guess like the so going back to to kind of round it off, like Bird Uber, what's your take on well, let's kind of let's keep it on something like bird or lime where do you do you think that the like are, are these are these things gonna keep happening like are they scalable are we gonna reach a point where it's like peak gig economy where there's just so many options for these people to like you could make money driving uber charging birds taking pictures for hubba but, Job secret, like are we just gonna reach some saturation where it's not gonna make sense, or I don't know like 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 what's what does this look like in five years?
1: I feel I feel this is only gonna get bigger uh until the point of the robot's taking over, and uh I think some of it's gonna go away, but I don't know there i I just feel there's certain things that the like the mass. And having this distributed kind of group of people can do that, um, like an AI won't be able to do. Well, you know, and, and in some levels, like we're already doing this with our computers, right? Obviously, with crypto, with like the uh, that SETI program on for the PS uh, three, I think, or was it? Or I don't know if they do doing the PS four, but they use your cycles when you're your um consoles on standby to kind of try to find like alien life forms
0: right or like the the, Um, they they would do it for like the protein folding problem and like yeah require like crazy computational power yeah
1: yeah so i i I don't know i kind of feel this is going to be around for i think it's only going to get bigger in, in my opinion but i don't know you you kind of think the opposite right
0: no i yeah i have no idea and i'm i also just think that the AIs are coming probably faster than maybe most people do or faster than I, I should think they're coming but mm-hmm. but again at the same time I'm, I, I think to um, to like even at Hubba I mean I'm not going to I'm not going to actually go build this thing but if, if it existed we would definitely use it and you know if we had you know fast forward fast forward like a year um is this something that we would actually look at building in-house or something? I mean maybe mm-hmm. if we start really you know running low on on uh, well, I, I don't know uh, or, or maybe it's what we should have done two years ago and taken all this time that we spend trying to qualify and find and, and make sure that these leads are good like maybe we could have taken a bird approach to this two years ago and, and solved this whole problem
1: maybe um yeah i or i i don't know maybe, maybe at some levels it's like the architecture and time to get set up to do this would just be would have been cost prohibitive like you would have been really slow to move in the beginning you would have been too slow to move because because the, the other thing is like i like i heard about jobs Water from word of mouth and if i didn't hear about it i don't i don't know like i've only i've told people about it but it's really all word of mouth like they don't I, i've never seen indeed advertise this anywhere um so you know if you were to do this i think this is the one big barrier is like you got to somehow get a lot of people on this platform as well to go That's and take pictures yeah. of like bars in these stores and stuff right and I wonder,
0: I bet you it obeys a power law where they only have 20% of their people submitting 80% of their stuff,
1: right? Yeah, probably. Um, but th- that's why I think we got to build this kind of like this one platform that it's for any kind of photo, <laughs> any kind of photo kind of related job. And people will all, will, will do it for like, okay, I'll do this for Jaws bar today. Oh, I see a, a task for a, a keto bar. Okay, let me let me look for that. Um, that's that's really interesting. We should check
0: to see if that exists because that that would be pretty cool because you could build a very abstract general API for that.
1: Yeah, and you just have to have people performing the same kind of behavior in this one kind of app, um, but you know, servicing a lot of different um,
0: different tasks. Company
1: needs, yeah, different tasks. Well, the same task, but similar tasks, right? But uh, again, well, same, like, but different.
0: But again, do you worry that like that this would have unforeseen consequences where? Now all of a sudden you've got policies like no phones in the store or, you know, like, you know, because arguably in the best case scenario, if this thing really took off, you've got hundreds of people walking into Noah's on, on, on King street, taking pictures of everything in their store.
1: Yeah, no, this is true. And, um, I think that's the one nice thing about Jawswater because sometimes I'm outside a store taking a picture of it and I'm like, these people must think I'm so weird or what the hell am I doing? but I but would you just don't say like to I'm ju- to them. yeah no, but I would just be like, hey, I'm just sharing this job with a friend of mine, right or I'm sharing this job with with people. Like I'm trying to solve your inherent problem that you have as a store.
0: Ah, that's that's a very good point. Like, even if they were like, "Hey, what are you doing? Taking a picture of my store?" You're like, "Hey, I have a friend who I think would like this job," and they're like, "Oh, okay, great, yeah, yeah, here."
1: (laughs) Yeah, or basically, I'm trying to post this and try to get this job filled for you. You know, so you're you're trying to solve their problem. I I guess with that, that's the one drawback with the the take a picture of find this bar in this store because yeah, you do rent You're not necessarily solving a problem for that retailer. Um. But maybe there's an angle, I think, that you could soften that to kind of make that work. And it's a win for the retailer as well. Um, Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Because it could be like, oh, we know that you're carrying this keto bar, but what we're trying to do is actually get you a better price for this keto bar from another supplier or same supplier or whatever else.
0: Right. Yeah, but I think that's a really key insight with the job spotter is that it's a win-win-win. It's a win for them, it's a win for you, and it's a win for the store. Whereas mm-hmm. with with the, the Hubba one, it's a win-win-lose, or it's a win-win-neutral. It's a win for yeah. Hubba, it's a win for you, and the store might be kind of pissed off. So it could even be a negative for the store. Um, where yeah. um, Uber, I feel like, is a win 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 Um or like a win-win if you take out the whole city effects, right, which are just a, just a byproduct of success, same with Airbnb. And I think that if any of those other apps had the same level of success, you'd start getting into, like, legislation on, are you allowed to take pictures of a building's outside window? Mm-hmm. Like, there there would be a group of people saying, no, you should not be able to take pictures of people's outside windows. Um, but that would yeah. be... yeah.
1: You know, and I kind of think that the, you know, having the win, win, win trifecta is really, that's probably a more key thing for adoption. Yeah. Because, you know, if it's a win, win, lose, you get the people who are like, oh, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't want to go into store. Like, I'm not, I'm yeah, just like, disrupting what if, this what person. If someone,
0: what if someone asks me what I'm doing? Like, like even just, even just thinking about that right now, that's enough to say this idea probably wouldn't work because- mm-hmm. Mm. If you have to think to yourself, like, well, what, what am I going to say if someone asks me, like, you already feel dirty. And it's like, why am I doing this for 20 cents? No way. This <laughs> isn't worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, where whereas um, I think that there are. Yeah, that's interesting. How do you design or what, what other is there other low hanging fruit out there where there's a win, win, win? Win for well, the I, win, win for the gig economy, win for the company providing the service, and then win for the ultimate service that you're, you know, doing something for.
1: Yeah, the, the way around this too is just you incentivize people; you pay them more, and they'll they'll probably do it.
0: Correct. Yeah, that's a good
1: point. Right, but obviously you want the win-win-win. Um, hmm. Anyways, uh, that was interesting, man.
0: Yeah, that was an interesting uh I like it. I think we got some covered some good ground there.
1: I'm going to I'm going to chew on this a little bit more. There there might be a way I think to to, to make it a win-win-win for and solve um your your Natasha's it.
0: Uh-huh. You. 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 Hey, it back, am going to double you your money, money and make a stack. On oh. to the
1: next one. On to the next um.